Welcome, everyone, to the Tuesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and today's going to be kind of a interesting show, to say the least. So there is literally nothing that happened on Monday. I This has never happened. I have been watching real estate news since... I decided I was going to get in the mortgage industry middle of 2020, like a little bit towards the end of the summer, 2020. I started when I was like, I'm going to be, I'm going to get into the mortgage business. And I knew I was going to do a podcast and I was going to do a website and I was going to have a newsletter. So I started looking at real estate news and I realized every day there's a ton of stuff that we could be talking about more so than others, but there's always something going on. And they're like, literally nothing happened yesterday. <laughs> it reminded me. I remember one time when I was in high school and a friend of mine telling me, and I remember this is like the internet was around, but it still was like in its infancy. And that was back when, I don't know. Could you trust the internet? You didn't know if you could trust it or not. And it was, it was just, it was a weird place. And I remember some, and this is why I didn't look this up right away. I remember someone telling me, that there was like one day a year where there were no live sports on TV. And so like ESPN like didn't know what to do. And they were like, they were joking about that, that, you know, ESPN kind of had to figure out what they were going to be doing, which of course is kind of funny nowadays because there's not as much live sports as there used to be on ESPN. Now it's all opinion and they've, they've changed kind of their format and I don't really want to get into all of that, but that was back when it was mostly sports. And then they had some commentary programs where now it's the kind of opposite of that. And I looked it up and it turns out that there are two days a year where there are no live sports. And I mean, by live sports, I mean like the big, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The big, uh, I almost said sports franchises, the big leagues. That's what I was going for. You know, major league baseball, NFL, NHL, golf, obviously the PGA tour, not live. Not the live tour, PGA tour. Uh, and then, of course, the NBA. And there's like one, there's two days, two days a year where there's no live sports in those major leagues. And it is before the All-Star game and the day after the All-Star game. And so every other day. Now, of course, things have changed so dramatically that when it comes to sports, there's always something live. I mean, they have cornhole on TV now. So I'm going to assume they can find some kind of sport that is on TV and they'll be able to play it. But this show is sort of in that episode or that day where nothing happened. Nothing happened yesterday. (laughs) I don't have anything to talk about. Literally the only thing I have is actually an article, not from yesterday. It was not from August 29th. It's from August 27th. It's about Zillow. And that's all I have. That is all I have. To talk about now there's a lot going on later this week there's a lot happening today there's a lot going on later in the week but not I mean, nothing happened on monday and it was so crazy because it was like a perfect storm where you know mondays are usually pretty uneventful unless something happens like uh, new home sales or because like but like the big reports you know national association of realtors you know case schiller non-farm payroll. I mean, there's big reports that everyone kind of gets hyped for, you know, you know, grade A reports, never on Mondays. They're always kind of like in the middle of the week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Usually Fridays don't get a lot of 
a lot of love other than the non-farm payroll that we get every month. And we, we are getting it this Friday, interestingly enough. But Mondays are usually kind of hit or miss. But this Monday in particular, I mean, there was nothing. I was scrounging any website that had any housing data whatsoever. I don't care how obscure, nothing. And then usually our, the only report that we ever got on Monday that I actually am a big fan of is, of course, Altos Research, which, you know, they track weekly data. And I was actually kind of interested to see where, where inventory was going to be, because if you remember last week, we talked about inventory dropping to 0% uh, week over week, not 0% total, but week over week gains had dropped to 0%. And I think Mike Simonson, the head of uh, Altos, was actually traveling or something. And so there was no data this week. <laughs> it's, it's like I was thinking because I had this Zillow article and I said, OK, well, at least we'll have some data from Altos and we can talk about that. No, we we don't even have that. And so it's, there's nothing. I thought about doing uh, for those who used to listen to talk radio. There was a show called The Savage Nation. And Michael Savage, who was probably, he was probably the most controversial host. Most people, when you talk about talk radio, they know Rush Limbaugh, obviously, and the controversies that surrounded him. But, I mean, in comparison to Michael Savage, I mean, he, he was like nothing. Like, Michael Savage, I won't get into it, but you can go look at some of the stuff that Michael Savage has reportedly said on the radio or his uh, not, his ill-fated MSNBC, yes, MSNBC show. Yeah, he, yes, the most rabid conservative guy on the radio back in the day before MSNBC became sort of the anti-Fox News. Uh, he had a show on there. And I think, it, I don't know, it didn't last a lot of episodes. <laughs> Shocker. But he, I, I used to listen to his show because I was on talk radio. I wasn't a huge fan because Savage was so angry. I didn't like angry talk radio. And Michael Savage was on three to five on the network that I was on. Sometimes I'd be in studio kind of getting ready for my show for the next day and he would be on. And, you know, sometimes when you get really riled up, it'd be kind of funny because he gets so mad. He would get so mad and angry, yell at people. But I would listen to his show and I swear to God, you know, towards the end when I think he just, he just didn't really care anymore as much. He wasn't making as much money and yeah, he kind of made a whole bunch of money earlier in his career when he was kind of one of the original, you know, talk radio guys, he was just like phoning it in. I mean, I would tune into a show and, you know, it would be on. And I swear he was just like reading because his website was headlines. Like people would post headlines. I think he was at some point had like some deal with world net daily and they would post articles on his website and he would just like read like headlines. Like he would just go to the website and be like, all right, like, yeah, I'm on drudge report right now. So he'd be like, oh, um, yeah, Hollywood Walk of Fame shuts down after shooting, leaves teen dead. Then he'd go on a rant about that. And then he'd be like, all right, straight pride march leads to violent clash. And then he'd go on a rant about, you know, gay pride, straight pride, abortion clinic. <laughs> just like, but it, it wasn't like he planned the show. He just was like, I'm just going to read headlines and then we're going to go to a break. I'm going to come back and read more headlines, take some phone calls. And I almost thought about doing that for today's show and just like read headlines because there's nothing going on. There really isn't a lot going on. And now I've spent eight minutes talking about how there's not a lot going on. All right. So let's talk about the one thing that I do have in front of me. And I mean, it's amazing because I just want to remind you a year ago, 
it was about a little bit, a little bit less than a year ago. Cause I think it was November. No, no, I'm sorry. It was late September, 2021. The infamous TikTok video. There was a real estate agent. We talked about it extensively here on this podcast. If you want to go back and listen to those episodes, you can. There was a real estate agent in Nevada. His name was Sean Gotcher. I'll never, never forget that because the fact that his last name was Gotcher, like almost like gotcha, is just so perfect. He does a TikTok video where he doesn't ex- explicitly say Zillow. He doesn't say them. But we all know who he's talking about because he's like, what if there was a website that was so big and everyone went there and was looking for homes and they could compile all this data and see where everyone was looking and then go into those neighborhoods, go into those neighborhoods and or areas and buy up all these homes. And then they'd buy all the homes up for a certain price. And then this, this was his theory. And then they would then sell one of those homes for slightly higher. And then that would cause all the other homes that they bought for less to also jump in price because that's now the new comp and that's how they were making all this money. So his his theory, his conspiracy theory was that Zillow was buying up all these homes and neighborhoods and they and they were. I mean, they had an eye buying program. We all we all know about that. And they're buying up homes for mind you less in the heat of the I mean, at the hottest part of the housing market, which was 2021. They were, and it's debatable what was a hotter part of the housing market. Was it the summer of 21 or was it the spring, kind of like into the spring of 2022? I don't know. It's, it's, it's hard to say, but they both were equally extremely hot. And so his theory was that somehow they were buying up all these homes in an area where homes weren't, last, weren't on the market for more than a day. And they were buying up all these homes for less than they were worth. Like, I don't know how they were, I don't know how he thought they were doing this. So that was his theory. They were buying up these homes at, at below market value and then increasing the price when they went to sell it. And then that would increase all the other prices and boom, they would make all of this money. Well, then of course, I think it was like six weeks later, Zillow comes out and announces that not only are they not making money, a ton of money with their iBuying program, they are losing so much money that if they don't immediately shut down the program, it is going to bankrupt the entire company. I mean, it was amazing. Like, I, I, I mean, it, it was amazing at how and how wrong this person was. And what was even more amazing about that was that that TikTok that guy did got so much attention that Zillow had to respond to it because everyone thought he was right, except for people that actually you know, work in real estate. I I hadn't even been in real estate for a, I was like barely a year. And I was like, that's, there's no way that's right. Like, there's no way that makes any sense that Zillow is buying homes under market in bulk. That's just not happening. And of course it wasn't. I mean, they were, they were, they were overpaying for homes, way overpaying to the point where it almost bankrupted the whole company. (laughs) Like it was the exact opposite of what was happening. And it's, 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 it's to this day, it amazes me because like that guy still does TikTok videos. I mean, like how that guy wasn't like, I don't know, maybe he's not a real estate agent anymore, but I couldn't imagine how like embarrassing that would be for your biggest video to go viral. And so much so that the com- the guy who's the CEO of the company has to respond to it. And that must've been kind of awkward for the Zillow CEO. He just wants to come out and go, you know what? Not only is that not right, but we almost are bankrupt because of that program. Like there's never been a conspiracy theory that was proven so wrong 
so quickly. I mean, that could be the record there. So it has been a rough year for Zillow, almost a year since all of this started. And it has been a rough year. They have lost two thirds of their value. Stock price is down almost 70%. I looked at the data. I think it was like at a high, like $107. And I think now it's at, I think like low thirties. I mean, it was like almost 70% is how much it was down. Just, just crazy how much money Zillow has lost. I mean, not only just on their balance sheets, but like their capitalization, their market capitalization has just plummeted. Well, Laura Foreman over at the Wall Street Journal says that Zillow, even though they've lost 70% of their value, has room to fall. (laughs) This is like crazy. Zillow Group has already fallen to a market cap of barely $8 billion, despite the fact that virtually every U.S. adult is still surfing its namesake site monthly. I mean, yeah, it's it's crazy. On its second quarter conference call, even Chief Executive Rich Barton, who is known for his upbeat, colorful divinations. Am I saying that right? I probably should have uh, checked that word out before I decided to do the podcast. But whatever, you know, at least I have something to talk about. Uh, Describe the housing market as undergoing a rebalancing. Zillow now expects transactions to meaningfully contract as inventory rises this year. Barton said he launched an employee retention plan this month, including an off-cycle grant of restricted stock units to employees, ultimately accepting an expected 2% um, dilution over a few years in an attempt to ensure his top talent doesn't flee over lower compensation because much of that is based off of equity value. Now, you might think that fewer potential transactions would have agents upping their ad spending to compete for the smaller number of buyers that are there, but it doesn't appear as if that is the case with Zillow. Chief Financial Officer Alan Parker candidly said on the second quarter call earlier this month that in a quickly declining macroeconomic environment, agent ad spending tends to slow down as buyer demand wanes. Importantly, he also said that the slowdown in spending on Zillow's platform tends to lead the market's transaction declines, implying Zillow could see outsized weakness sooner rather than later. And what's amazing about this is that 234 million people surf Zillow's apps and sites monthly. That is equivalent to over 90% of U.S. adults. But Zillow monetizes only 3% of real estate transactions. Now, a lot of that is because people know the name. It's like Google for housing. You just think Zillow, you go to Zillow, look it up, look at, look at what your home's worth, get your Zillow estimate, tells you what your house is worth. I mean, Zillow has become kind of very synonymous with real estate, but a lot of people don't do transactions on the website. And a lot of it, I mean, it's one of the kind of flaws with eye buying, in my opinion, as someone that works in real estate Obviously, I think time will change on this, but I mean, when you're making the most important transaction of your life, you kind of want someone, (laughs) like a person that you can talk to at any time. And so people want to work with a real estate agent. They want to work with a mortgage uh, or a loan officer. They want to work with a person and they know that it's the, the person throughout the whole process. 
Yeah, that's one of the problem with a lot of these automated, you know, mortgage services is that you start talking to one person, then you move to the next person, then you move to another person. And if you have a problem, you're like, I don't know who to call. They're like, oh, well, you just call the, the 1-800 number and you talk to a consumer, you know, representative. And they're like, okay, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. When, you know, I'm talking about getting my, you know, iPad fixed or their cell phone or something. But when it's the largest transaction, sometimes people want to know that there's one person that they can talk to, whether it's their real estate agent or it's their loan officer or whoever. And so I do think that there is sort of a disadvantage for these iBuying programs. And I think that's why Zillow has such a low conversion rate because people see it as a website and they're like, eh, I don't know if I want to use Zillow to buy this home. I don't know if I want to use Zillow to get my mortgage or whatever it may be. And I think that will change. I think more people, as time goes on, younger generations who are more comfortable with AI and sort of using a computer and using technology for major purchases, you know, you are seeing sort of the rise of Carvana and things like that. Maybe it'll it'll reach more people in housing, but I do think it's going to take a little longer than some of the original projections. Oh, this is really going to take off. And I, I just don't think it did. Now, what's interesting is that Zillow does have a new partnership with Opendoor, which is an automated home flipping market leader, basically doing with what Zillow was doing with their iBuying program. And so they've sort of realized, okay, maybe we're not that good at <laughs> doing this. So we'll find someone who is the market leader and we'll work out a partnership, which is probably a smart idea. Um, however, Foreman argues that what Zillow probably is hoping for more is that people who decide not to go the open door route, which is why Zillow maybe realizes that there are so many people out there who do not want to go with the more automated route and do want to work with, say, an agent. And so that's when they're hoping that they're going to be able to use those quality leads and feed them to their so-called premier agents. They're also hoping it'll bring people to the platform so they can monetize subsequent home purchases via adjacent services like mortgages, title, and escrow. And so, I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle. I mean, there's no doubt. So there is some optimism that Zillow can, to some extent, come back. But Foreman's arguing that at least in the short term, there's going to be short-term pain. We could see more losses with their stock, Will that lead to long-term gain is kind of still up in the air. Have, have they kind of damaged themselves with all that negative press this last 12 months? We will see. I mean, obviously it hasn't damaged it with regards to the people going to the website and looking up what their home is worth. But do they want to do business with Zillow? And I think the fact that you're seeing kind of a pullback from some realtors advertising. And I'll tell you, there is that. I mean, as someone, you know, I was in radio for 11 years and I'll tell you, which is totally based on advertising is that it was always, it was something I always stressed to people that were advertising with us. I said, listen, if the economy, you know, cause we had a couple ups and downs in the economy and I would always tell people that when the economy hits the skids, that's when you should be increasing your ad buy because people, and I understand it, right? I mean, if you're a business owner and business starts slowing, you got to find somewhere to cut expenses. And a lot of times people will go, well, what's the one thing that I can, you know, I don't necessarily need and that's advertising, but actually that's the one thing that you do need because you need to get business. 
And so Zillow knows that. So that's why Zillow's saying, hey, you know what? You would think that people would be like, oh, I'm, business is slowing. So I need to up my ad buys to get new people. But most people do the exact opposite is that when things start getting tight, the first thing they cut is advertising. And I get it. Like, I mean, I, I understand it. You don't need advertising. You know, you need other parts of your business. You know, you need to, you know, have, you know, obviously you need to have, you know, money for the the day-to-day sort of logistical issues that you're going to have with your business. You need to be able to, you know, have office space. You need to, you know, have a car. You need to have all of these necessities that you literally can't do your job without. But a lot of times people look at advertising as sort of a luxury when, yeah, I mean, it kind of is in a way, but it's also a necessity in that you have to spend money to make money and that you have to find new clients because they're not coming in right now. So you got to reach new eyeballs and it's hard. It's hard for people to do that when they're, when they're less money's coming in, it's hard for them to say, well, we're going to keep having money flowing out. So I get it. I mean, I get it. And that's sort of what they're saying there, but it's also, I think another problem too, that you have with the website where when the housing market's extremely hot, more people, you know, let's say, viewership doesn't really change that much month to month. So you have the same amount of people that are going to the website, but you know that in a hot housing market, a higher percentage of those people, you're going to be able to convert. When the housing market slows down, fewer people are going to actually be in the market. So they're there for other reasons, whether it's just for fun, fantasizing, whatever it may be, looking you know down the line. And so it's going to be harder to convert those leads. So they're not as good of leads. They're not, the leads aren't as good as they would say in Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, the leads are shit. <laughs> the leads are weak. The leads are weak. You're weak. <laughs> Should I do my whole Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, uh, impression impersonation right now. So yeah, I mean, so that was the one article we had Zillow, even though it's down 70%. Look at that, man. We're over 20 minutes and I had one article to talk about it and I made it work and I made it last year. I thought I was going to be barely doing a 10 minute episode. Look at that. I still have it in me. That was like one of my, one of my talents on talk radio because there'd be some, some days I would show up for the show and I would be less prepared than I normally am because <laughs> usually I was overprepared. I'd have probably four or five hours of material. I only have a three hour show. Some days I'd show up and I'd probably only have about an hour and a half, two hours. (laughs) So I would have to find a way to stretch it. And I still got it. I can still do it. Look at that. Look how impressive I am. All right. It is a busy week as I mentioned. So we got today's a big, today's like the biggest day of the week. Just to give you a heads up, it's not going to be any crazier than today. Uh, at 9 a.m., we got the big, the Mac Daddy report for housing case Schiller home price index and the 20 city composite is expected to show appreciation falling to 19.4%. So remember case Schiller, this is for, I think May. So this will be for May. So we're still, <laughs> it's a three month lag. So, you know, we're not going to know what's happening right now, which I would bet that that appreciation's probably under 10% by now. And you're seeing that in, in, in other data. So this is only going to show it falling to 19.4% because if you remember in May, we were just 
starting to kind of feel that slowdown. Uh, but because it is the Case Shiller Day, always the same day as Case Shiller, we always also get consumer confidence. That is actually, so here's the good news. That's expected to rise to 97.5. So we're not above 100, but we are moving in the right direction. And then it's also jobs week. So we got the JOLTS report. The job openings report is supposed to show job openings falling to 10.5 million. So we got a lot happening later today. Uh, Also happening this week, we got the ADP report is back. They are back. We're going to be getting June, July, and August on Wednesday at 8.15. And then on Friday, the big one, the big report. That is non-farm payroll is expected to show 285,000 jobs created in August. So despite the fact that we have record high inflation, we have a slowing economy for two quarters, still showing job growth, (laughs) which is why it's complicating the Fed's job. Because they're like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but... We're still creating all these jobs. (laughs) Usually you have a situation because you would say, oh, we're in a, we're in a, you know, it's stagflation where you're seeing rising inflation and a shrinking economy. But the jobs thing is what's throwing everyone off. Still creating jobs. All right. We got to go. Look at that. That's amazing. We almost got, should we just keep going? Go to the full half hour? <laughs> now, I literally now have nothing to talk about. So we are not going to be doing that. You guys enjoy your Tuesday. Prepare yourself because we got a lot that is going on today. We'll be talking about it on Wednesday's edition of Markets and Mortgages. And remember, as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. <laughs> 